Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshta, and this evening we're very fortunate to have Miss Annette Carter on the line, and she's going to talk to us about some of the latest updates that are related to labeling medications for people who are ordering prescriptions. Now, this particular podcast is also being recorded so that you may listen to it at a future time or that you may share this information with some of your friends and family. Uh, we thank Mr. Dick Burden and Ayers LA for recording it. And this program will be available on the CCLVI website at www.cclvi.org and also at the Ayers LA website at www.airsaisla.org. And at both of these websites, you can find all of the podcasts and recordings of different interviews that we have done for CCLBI. I also want to thank so many of you for your interest in the book, Insights into Low Vision. Many of you may know that Annette Carter and myself, we were the editors for this book, and we have had many people who were interested in purchasing the book. Now, the book is available for free to all new members of CCLVI. And if you are a live member, you may also obtain a free copy of the book through CCLVI. For current members, you can then obtain the book through a donation of $5. Is that what it is, Annette? $5? Yes, that's right. Yes. I mean, what a minimal type of donation there, but that particular $5 is what helps us to pay for those printing costs. The cost is actually more, but CCLVI is, again, uh, subsidizing those types of fees. So if any of you are interested in the book, Insights into Low Vision, or if you know of a person who would like it and would like to be a member, please call the main office of CCLVI. And, Annette, what is that number for the main office of CCLVI? Yes, I have it here, 800-733-2258. Okay, great. So, well, now on to the important part that so many of you have called in this evening to listen to, and this is the discussion about Accessible medication labels. I know that there are so many of us who routinely take different medications. And if your doctors or anything like my doctors, they sometimes will just quickly say, take this in the morning and take that one at night and take two of these. And sometimes you don't remember the order or the sequence of when you should take these medications. And if you do have a vision problem, it's virtually impossible to be able to read the small print. And if you don't have someone who could help you, many times people are taking the incorrect dosage of the medication or they're taking the medication at the wrong time or they're taking actually the wrong medication. And I have had patients who literally have had to go to the emergency room because they ended up taking the medication of their spouse and the medication was not theirs. So. In order for all of us to be safe, we know that Annette Carter and others who are part of the committee have, have worked very, very hard to make things available in accessible format. So 
At this time, I'd like to introduce and thank Annette Carter for coming on to the show. Thank you, Annette. You're quite welcome. Uh, what I plan to do is uh, give you an outline of what this is all about, and hopefully I'll answer a lot of your questions just in uh, what I'll be speaking about, and then we can take questions at the end. Um, but I know what some of the questions will be, so I'm going to try to address those uh, beforehand and then uh, and then go from there. Uh, the reason I'm here and uh, why I'm the one talking about it will come to light when we talk about the legislative background. Uh, there is a report uh, that was made, and it has this, the background. On July 9th in 2012, President Obama signed into law the Food and Drug Administration Safety and Innovation Act. And the law includes measures to promote drug safety and to improve FDA procedures for reviewing new medicines and medical devices. One of the provisions of the Act is Section 904. So this is what we're addressing today, Section 904. It authorizes the Access Board to convene a stakeholder working group. So that's what I sit on, the stakeholder working group to develop best practices for making information on prescription drug container labels accessible to people who are blind or visually impaired and who are elderly. Uh, so our task was to make this uh, best practices document. Under the law, representation within the working group is divided equally between consumer and industry advocates. So I'm uh, on one of the consumer groups. I uh, uh, officially represent CCLVI, and uh, there are nine. There were eight, eight others, such as American Council of the Blind, American Foundation for, for the Blind, uh, NFB, uh, and different. Uh, let's see, the Veterans Administration, and then the other half is the industry advocates, and those would be the pharmacies and um, organizations that oversee the, uh, the guidelines how to make prescription labels. So we were even, evenly divided. Uh, the law calls for the working group to develop no later than one year after the date of that enactment uh, best practices for pharmacies to ensure that blind and visually impaired individuals have safe consistent, reliable, and independent access to the information on prescription drug container labels, just as Dr. Bill was describing. Uh, sometimes, if you don't, deaths have occurred. We want to be able to take, know what we're taking and, and take it correctly. Um, so uh, the working group explored various alternatives, including Braille, large print labels, various auditory technologies, such as, quote, talking bottles, RFI, which is radio frequency identification devices, and uh, we considered technical, financial, manpower, and other factors unique to pharmacies with 20 or fewer retail locations, which may pose significant challenges to the adoption of these best practices. Like I said, we were evenly divided around that table. We first met in Washington, D.C., and the rest of the uh, meetings were uh, by conference call. 
And uh, we did have some pushback uh, from pharmacies, not understanding about access laws and not understanding what accessibility meant. Um, according to this section 904, this is, this is a part that I'm going to maybe repeat. I'm highlighting here. There's a big asterisk I'm drawing in the sky here. It says, according to Section 904, the best practices are not mandatory. I know that's a hard thing to hear, but legislation takes years for it to be what we want it to be. The practices are not to be construed as accessibility guidelines or standards of the Access Board, and the best practices do not confer any rights or impose any obligations on the working group participants or other persons. The law makes it clear that nothing in Section 904 is construed to limit. So it's, it's going to say here that the ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, still is in effect uh, and uh, our rights are still covered under that under effective communication, barrier removal, or non-discrimination on the basis of disability. So if you go to a pharmacy and you're not getting the accessibility to your prescription information that you're wanting, um, your laws, your, your rights are uh, violated under the ADA. Uh, what these best practices are for uh, are to give guidelines to uh, give best practices to the pharmacies um, and to uh, people needing prescriptions and let them know what's out there, what are the best practices to fill this need that we have to access our information. So the law also provides that the working group makes a report publicly available and it is uh, on our internet. Uh, it is on our website, which is, uh, <coughs> excuse me, cclvi.org. And uh, there are actually a couple things on there. One is when the working group first convened, um, I, representing CCLVI, uh, referred to what actually Tom was referring to earlier, the document that CCLVI made talking about best practices for large print for people that are low vision. and. I gave that, but then I was asked to define it as uh, more specifically for prescription labels. So I did that, so that both of those documents are up there, the original best practices for large print, and then the one that I tailored to say specifically what elements need to be included in a large print label. And then the third document is the actual report that the working group finalized uh, last July, July of 2013. And it was approved in July by the Access Board. That's an official report finalizing uh, that uh, segment of uh, this process. That's on the website. Now the next step, um, we're called stakeholders, which are the advocacy groups in the, the, uh, the industry. Uh, the Government Accountability Office will undertake a review beginning 18 months after the date of the report to assess the extent 
to which pharmacies are following the best practices, and to what extent barriers to information on prescription drug container labels remain. So um, I kind of skipped over one thing. The report is done. The, the area that we're in right now is the informational and educational campaign, and that was given to an agency called National Council on Disability, NCD. You may know them. Uh, they are charged, uh, according to this legislation that was written uh, in July of 2012, they're charged with the task of um, disseminating information to pharmacies um, and, uh, you know, big, small, any groups that would need to know this information, as well as uh, people that get prescriptions. Uh, and our meeting that we were going to have with them at our first meeting was postponed because the government was on a shutdown. <laughs> and then we had a meeting, and it was determined they have everything they need. We, as in the working group, um, uh, know how to reach out to, you know, we, we have all of our, our uh, areas that we're going to reach out to. So they're still in the process of getting that campaign together. So 18 months from that is when, like I said, the Government Accountability Office is going to review to, to see if pharmacies are following through with these best practices. And, of course, I don't have to tell you why the information is needed. Some of the things we looked at, um, a, a Prescription drug container label, yes, I have to say all four of those words, prescription drug container label, is actually a legal document. So we learned that the pharmacy, USP, uh, has, has standards that the information is in a certain order. In other words, the, the prescription number is in one place, the person's name is another place, the doctor's name is another place, a phone number to get a hold of the pharmacy. All of that is needed and in a certain order to make this document, which is the label. And so we advocated that whatever format the accessible label is in, it needs to have that same information in that same order and be consistent. We, we got that. Uh, and then there's uh, the delivery methods provided are hard copy, braille, large print. A pharmacist filling prescription produces hard copy braille and large print labels upon request and affixes the accessible labels to the prescription drug containers. Also dedicated electronic equipment, that's a variety of things. Uh, equipment is designed specifically to provide accessible prescription drug container labels. Uh, some dedicated electronic methods can be used with containers of various sizes, shapes, and materials. Examples would be the digital voice or text-to-speech recorders, uh, the RFI, the radio frequency identification device, um, where the pharmacist places an RFID tag on the container and the patient who is blind or visually impaired is equipped with a small dedicated device that when the container with the RFI tag is placed over the device, audibly announces the text of the uh, label. Uh, smart devices and computers, uh, uh, there are apps now 
that will read those, uh, the, the, a QR code or an RFI tag. And then specifically for the different formats, we advised the pharmacy or the industry what they need to do. They need to promote um, access to the labels, um, including audible, braille, and large print, and that they need to encourage patients and uh, patient representatives to communicate their needs to the pharmacist, and they need to advertise uh, at a local or uh, toll-free number or both to promote communication between patients and pharmacists. We said it's not good enough to have a sign uh, when you're waiting in line for your prescription that says if you're blind, <laughs> you can ask for large print, which of course makes no sense to us. Uh, if, uh, if pharmacy websites and applications or apps are made available to patients, ensure that the website and the app is accessible. When a pharmacist observes a patient um, or a patient representative having reading difficulty, they can offer education and counseling and let them know that there are, um, uh, they can give them the information on the, that's on the label and we advise that they need to do this with courtesy and privacy. In other words, not speaking out loud everything about, about you and your, and your medication in front of other people. And uh, there's something called the Universal Patient-Centered Prescription Drug Container Label Standards. And so we tried to follow that standard, like I said, the order of, of the labels. I'm going to hit the highlights of the, the audible, what we said that needs to be in it. Uh, if using a voice recorder, they need to be speaking in a clear voice, they meaning if it's the pharmacy that's reading this prescription label. They must read in a clear voice, uh, record the information in a setting where it minimizes background noise and maintains patient privacy. Again, not in front of other people that can hear you. Uh, if it's a Braille uh, label, um, they need to uh, make sure that everything is exact, exactly as the print label would be. In other words, if the uh, the entity that's putting the Braille on doesn't read Braille, they need to have somebody that does know Braille to proofread it, just as they would proofread a, a printed label. And again, that's, that could be employment for, for someone. In a local pharmacy store, if it has high demand for hard copy Braille, uh, then they should be able to acquire that on site, um, maybe acquire a, a Braille embosser. Um, and if, if not, it's low demand, then contact another partner with another pharmacy that, uh, that can do the Braille or not just a pharmacy but a local uh, group that does Braille. Um, so we gave them all kinds of information on how to do this. We said when embossing the hard copy Braille prescription drug container label, uh, you contract a grade 2 Braille. Um, it should be transparent over the printed label and not to fold the Braille labels. And then the large print, um, all of these labels, uh, we advocated that uh, everyone agreed that the label, the accessible label shouldn't be separate from the container. 
because that could be pretty dangerous. You could still mix up your med- medication. So even if it's a large print label, um, to attach a corner of it onto the container and then fold it down. You probably have seen the teeny, teeny um, information, not the not the um, label, but the information from the actual, where, where they manufacture the So it would be something like that folded down. It needs to be 18-point bold font, non-glossy paper, and of a material durable enough, uh, and that it's easy to manipulate. In other words, if you're folding it and unfolding it, um, use print with the highest possible contrast between the text and the background color, ideally black text on white or pale yellow. If printing on both sides, use material that does not allow bleed bleed through from the print. Uh, Use sentence case uh, with the initial capital letter followed by lowercase uh, characters. In other words, not all caps, that's harder to read. Uh, Use non-condensed sans-serif font, such as Arial or Verdana. Provide 1.5 line spacing. Use horizontal text only. Don't mix it with vertical. And securely affix the label. And when covering a large print label with protective tape, in other words, some are liquid prescriptions on a bottle. And so they put tape over labels on on uh, bottles like that. And so we said when covering the large print label with protective tape, use a non-glossy transparent tape. And um, that basically is the report. Um, some of your questions might be, well, where are we now? Where we're, we're the NCD is in the, the um, point where they're, um, they're uh, getting ready to do the educational blitz. And um, I know uh, I've gotten questions, well, how do I, do we have to pay for it? No. Um, according to the ADA, you should not have to pay for accessibility to your prescriptions. And so how do we get them to do that might be another one of your questions. Um, get the report from our website and pass it on to the entity. Uh, if it's um, a big pharmacy, say like Walgreens or Walmart, uh, some of those are already doing uh, several of the formats and they might be doing all of them. They might not be doing all of them. Uh, so it's partly up to us to educate them and say, well, if you can't do it here, I wouldn't talk to the, the first, just the first person at the counter. I would t- ask for a manager. Then I would go hire if the entity who was actually responsible for making the accessible label is, is not in-house, then you have a right to have the contact information for them. So you can uh, talk to them specifically and tell them what your need is. There are mail-order pharmacies. Uh, Express Scripts is one. I sat next to the gentleman that owns Express Scripts when we met in Washington, D.C. Uh, they do Braille labels, and uh, I believe they might do others as well. Um, so... Uh, I know you have more questions, so I'm going to open it up to you before I take all of your time. Oh, one more thing that they have, um, it's interesting because we talked even about 
shapes of bottles. Um, I read in the report here that using use the best bottle for the label. Um, somebody has invented a bottle with flat sides. It's shaped kind of rectangle. And so it's a little bit easier if you're using a CCTV or some kind of magnifying device if it has flat sides. And also uh, it's pretty ingenious. Have you ever spilled your medications and your pills go everywhere? Well, this uh, little bottle has a narrow opening and it actually has two, I guess you would almost call it a gasket that you can change. One has a smaller hole and one has a larger hole. And you would put that on depending on what size actual pill is in there. And so if you do spill the bottle, all the pills are not going to fall out. Just maybe one will get uh, stuck in the opening there. So it's pretty ingenious. Um, I'm going to go ahead, uh, Dr. Bill, and open it for any questions. Okay, great. That's really helpful information, Annette. And so if any of you do have questions for Annette, uh, go ahead and press star six, and you could then ask her a question. But I guess at this point in time, Annette, any of us who are visually impaired, uh, we can call in our prescriptions, and even now we can request a large print label, or we could request a Braille label, or it could be an audio recording. And was there a fourth uh, method? Um, it's those basically, but there are varieties of audio, um, ways to access it audio. It could be a RFID, it could be a QR. One would be like, I'm going to get one in front of me, Script Talk. Script Talk is a labeling system where it's a device, oh, I guess it's the size of an old Walkman or CD, you know, CD Walkman. And um, they put a uh, a label on the bottom of a, a pill bottle. And that label, um, it's not the printed label that you would read, but it is, is recording... Um, this is the RFID, Radio Frequency Identification Device, and it, it, it records in that little, it just looks like a patch. But when you set it on this device and you push the button, it will read all the information that's on the label. And then the QR, um, I'm going to find that in my report here. Okay, QR code. I am having trouble finding the description of the QR. What we tried to do in this report is not, uh, is kind of explain what the technology is, but not to endorse any kind. Okay, let me see if this will say it here. Acquire the electronic delivery method using example RFI QR codes or other processes that, that didn't really Specify. I'll, I'll continue to look for exactly what QR is. And did you have uh, other? Oh, Dr. Bill was saying uh, that you, can you ask for him now? Yes, that, you could have asked for him a long time ago, actually legally from 1990 when the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, had 
uh, was enacted. And if you have, if you need to do a complaint with the ADA, you can call. And again, like Dr. Bill said, this recording will be available on AirsLA and CCLVI.org. ADA, call 800-514-0301. And if you need to get a hold of the access board, um, I'll find that number as well. There's another device called Script Talk. Oh, oh, U.S. Department of Justice is, uh, oh, okay, I gave you that number for the ADA. Okay, it's Express Scripts is uh, a company that makes one of the devices. Again, we're not endorsing anything. The, the bottom line is we have the right, we all have the right, no matter who we are or what our ability of reading or not reading is, to have that information available to us. If they don't know, if the pharmacy doesn't know what to do, then um, you give them the information. And two, um, the, the entity, the NCD that's, uh, doing the educational program, and I'm going to give you that number now. Lawrence Carter Long is the public, public affairs specialist with NCD, and his number is 202-272-2112. And their website is www.ncd.gov. They're in Washington, D.C., and they are charged with doing this educational segment. So they can give you some guidance on what to do, and um, and they'd be glad to hear from you who are you having trouble with, and they can make even a better concerted effort to reach that entity. Um, I have an entity that I'm affiliated with, where I get my prescriptions, and I'm a caregiver. This also applies if you're fully sighted and you are caregiving for a family member who has a vision loss. Um, you know, that that is, you know, that happens a lot, and you have to uh, make it accessible to anybody that needs it. Um, so the couple that I caregive for, I now go to the same one, which is uh, Kaiser Permanente. And... I have noticed that they do large print label, but they throw it away. <laughs> they, they tear open this big plastic pouch and give the medication, and I finally realized what all that noise was, and they, she was throwing away this, this information. Um, it's like, oh, no, you're spending the money to do this large print label, and you're throwing it away. And they said, oh, well, and they just bought things that weren't uh, real. And and didn't apply, but they used maybe six pieces of paper, eight and a half by eleven, for what they could have done on one or two sides of a paper, with still being large print. So they didn't use the space effectively. So even if it comes to that, you probably don't want to look through six pieces of paper to see 
your prescription number plus the doctor's number plus whatever. You don't want to go through all those. So um, if that's happening, you want to, again, uh, find this report on the uh, cclvi.org website and give them guidance where it spells out specifically um, what a large print label should have. Any other questions? I'd just like to comment that it's my understanding that Kaiser gives talking pill bottles free of charge to their patients. But you a, a lot of them do, yes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but that's not available, nor is Kaiser where I live. It's, it's not available in the Kaiser where you live? Uh, there is no Kaiser in Ukiah. Oh, there's no Kaiser. Uh, I'd um, have to go to Santa Rosa. and uh, I see. Yeah, so it's not available. Um, have you, would it work for you to get your prescriptions mailed to you? I Well, I would have to join Kaiser, first of all, in order no. to do that. I think to get the talking pill bottle that um, Wilcox loaned me one, and I took it around to all the pharmacies, and they had no knowledge at all that such a thing was available. And I've done that several times. But you can get those through independent living aids. You can buy your own talking pill bottles, but they are $25 a piece. And then they can be reprogrammed. Um, those devices are not something specifically to Kaiser. A lot of other pharmacies have it. Um, I believe Walgreens and no, Walmart. I've been, to, I've been to Walmart. I've been to Walgreens. I've been to uh, the pharmacy at Safeway. I've been everywhere, and they mm-hmm. do not have them. Okay. What I advise is to go to the all the corporate office because a lot of us have the same issue. The local don't know anything. It, you know, if, if you run into where the local people say, we don't have it, we don't know about it, well, we know that, you know, that they don't know. So we need to say uh, either do the research yourself or ask them to do the research, what is the corporate phone number, and get to them, and they're the ones that you need to um, – get the information to, the, the hard fact information. This is my need, and and I have a right to have it. And again, call NCD, but it's not just a Kaiser thing. A lot of people are receiving that from many different kinds of pharmacies. So go to corporate, you know, for whichever pharmacy that you uh, need to go to. Does that help you? Yes, I've gone to Safeway Corporate and co- telephoned them and spoke to them and I've also done that at Walmart here, and uh, I have not. <laughs> nothing has happened. So um, there is a, a an article on the ACB website about Walmart because of a. Um, uh, I I think it was. Let me see if I can find it. There was legislation. Let's see. Through the efforts of, um, okay, Walmart expands program to provide talking prescription containers. And it lists the ones, 
Okay, they're using Script Talk. I'm going to give you a phone number, okay? And then you can listen to the recording again um, to, to make sure that you have it. The, it says to order Script Talk talking prescription containers for use with prescription medications obtained from Walmart, you must first contact Walmart. For mail order, Walmart has a dedicated toll-free phone line for Script Talk requests. The number is 888-227-3403. And then I'm continuing to read uh, Envision America, uh, who makes the device, also has a toll-free number. Um, it seems odd because it's an 855, I guess that's a toll-free number, 855 773-2579, and the acronym is 855-SPEAK-RX. And let's see. And, see and would, you give the, mm -hmm. would you please give the Walmart number again for our listeners, please? Mm -hmm. It is 888-227-3403. And that's to request the script talk containers. Now I'm going to give you another number. The ones that were taking care of this legal was Laney Feingold, the law office of Laney Feingold. And it says that, uh, her, and her co-counsel, uh, Goldstein, Borgen, and Dandarian and Ho. Ho Please call toll-free at 800-822-5000. They will love to hear from you because they did all this work to put the pressure on, on them. So if you're still running into problems, call them. And that, again, for legal counsel on it is 800-822-5000. I have her email. Great. Um, I'm looking at some states. It has cities and states on which is, you know, it's a large list, but nothing compared to how big the United States is. And are you in New York, is it? No, I'm in Northern California. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, there's one in Mountain View, no, no. Sacramento. No. Yeah. So, so call them. and. Uh, I will. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Anything needing to be clarified? This is Diane in Tehachapi. Um, I talked to CVS Caremark today. They said they didn't know anything at all about providing um, accessible prescriptions. Mm -hmm. And that's sad because they're on the working group, but we didn't see them uh, uh -huh. that, whole, that whole time. They were one of the 18 entities, and uh, we didn't see them there at all. But provide for them uh, the report from our CCLVI webpage. It's on the front page, cclvi.org, and you'll see it, uh, the report. And, and I have it in standard and large print do, uh, document and standard and large print PDF. So you can just download that and get it to them. Uh, email it to them. Could you tell me where within the ADA I might find um, the um, 
the law pertaining to this? It is, um, it might fit under several areas. One would be um, discrimination due to a disability. Another would be effective communication. And so if you, uh, it says how to do an ADA complaint, I would call, the number I think I gave you before was 202, no, I gave you 800-514-0301. That's the main one. And they will direct you to, uh, to where you need to go. Because it might fit under a couple. Okay. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And Annette, for many of our listeners, people who do order prescriptions, um, it may just be something that they can do. For example, if CVS is not offering it, those customers can perhaps switch and order theirs from Walmart through that 800 number you gave where they can mm-hmm. make this special order and it could be delivered to their home. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that um, uh, people might have a problem with is time. We we were very firm on that this should not be construed to, uh, like say the industry wanted to say, oh look at script. Uh, Express Scripts is here and they do mail order, why don't everybody just order through them? And sometimes time is of the essence with your prescription and you don't have the time to have it be mailed to you. If you have it and you're doing your renewals, then that would be, uh, in in a lot of cases, uh, good. Um, But yeah, so Express Scripts is a is a possibility. Um, again, given educating is is a key here. They're always going to say we don't know, but and and not make much effort to want to know. Um, you will find the the ones that will say, oh, let me research that for you. Um, but maybe they won't. But so it'll need our guidance. So give them that report, and again, NCD, National Council on Disability, is the one working on the ed- educational uh, aspect of that, and uh, you want uh, to be in touch with them. And again, that's 202-272-2112. Great. Are there any other questions for Annette regarding these accessible prescription labels? Well, I think this information that you gave Annette was extremely thorough. And I think the fact that you have the documentation available on the CCLVI website it makes it very easy for any of our people who are interested in receiving these kinds of prescription labels. They can go to our website, print out the documentation, and they could then take it to their pharmacy if the pharmacy doesn't know. And you also gave some great phone numbers that they can call and get things in action, which is very, very important. So if anybody wants to contact you, Annette, with perhaps a personal question that they weren't comfortable speaking with on this recording, uh, is there a email or a way that they could contact you? 
Sure, I'd be glad to receive emails and even calls. Uh, my email address is annette.carter, that's A-N-N-E-T-T-E dot C-A-R-T-E-R at Pacbell, that's P like Peter, A, C like Charlie, B like boy, E-L-L dot N-E-T. And the phone number is 559-355-4095. Great. And if it's an email, put something like accessible prescriptions or something like that in the subject line. Okay, great. Well, this was extremely thorough and very, very helpful information. And all of these podcasts will be up on the web at www.cclvi.org and also at airsla.org. And we'd like to thank Mr. Dick Burden again for your time for engineering this. And also these podcasts are often on ACB radio on Friday evening. So if you're a person who listens to ACB radio, you could find a lot of these programs. So again, Annette, I thank you so, so much for your time and your knowledge on this. And uh, we hope that all of you will join us next month when we bring you more all about low vision. So good night, everybody.